to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a short gospel lesson today, but probably one of the best lessons. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Yeah. When I was in school, I had a teacher who was pretty sharp, Mr. Murtha, and he said, you know, you have to read a lot of books in school, and you, and the older you get, the longer those books will be. But one you should start with now that's pretty long, but you're going to find it is absolutely incredibly important to you is going to be this. Well, this is a later edition, but it looks like this. It's known as the dictionary. And he says, when you're in doubt about what something means, get that dictionary down. Put it right next to your Bible so you'll always know where it is. And you get that dictionary down and you look up the words. Some of the words are going to have a lot of meanings. And that's okay. You just find the one that's the most appropriate. I did that after reading the lessons, doing some exegetical thinking and and reading. And I took down my dictionary, my Webster's College Dictionary, and I looked up that short word that has so much meaning, the word love. The first meaning, a profoundly tender, passionate affection for another person. And then the second meaning, a feeling of warm personal attachment or deep affection. It goes on through 18 different definitions, and I don't need to read them all. But I remember once upon a time where someone gave a lesson on this. I was in a Bible camp in North Dakota as a counselor during my college years, and and we had a gentleman that came to the camp for several weeks that summer. His hobby was building tents, making tents. He'd sew them and backpacking. His name was, well, his name is Dwayne Preby. And Dwayne Preby was, had a small parish out there, but he also was a professor in what was at that time in existence. It's not now, but it was called the Lutheran Institute of the Prairies up in North Dakota. And it was a continuing education place where pastors would come once, oh, for about a week, once a year. While he was at the camp, the counselors had to meet with him every day for an hour 
And we studied 1 John. And in the letter, the first letter of John, it talks about love. And I still remember Dr. Preby telling us that love, in a biblical sense, is a lot different than the kind of love that we felt, or what we thought our definition of love was. He said, love is not what you feel in the Bible so much as what you do. We're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. We're supposed to love our enemies. How can you love your enemy? He said, it doesn't have anything really to do with the feeling, the gut emotion that you carry around. It certainly has nothing to do with the kind of affection you have for your boyfriend or girlfriend. None of us were married in those days. And I got to thinking about that. And he went a little further and he said, love actually shouldn't have anything to do with feelings because feelings maybe don't cause you to do anything at all except feel good. But where love really counts, where the rubber hits the road, is what you do. You can do acts of love, even if you don't like someone very much at all. He said, that's the Jesus thing. And then he said something really radical. He said, you know, Jesus died on the cross out of love for everyone. What seemed kind of strange was when he said to, to us, there were probably people that Jesus didn't like very much at all. They annoyed the heck out of them. He said, you can read what he says about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But he died for them as well. It was not how he felt, but what he did. I got to thinking as I was planning the sermon just yesterday about all the songs I know that have love in their titles. Sometimes I get to feeling a little bit nostalgic And I must say that it pleases me when I find just the right radio station when I'm driving down the road. And it seems that most of the very best of the music somehow has to do with love. Remember all those songs from way back when? Some of you do anyway, I'll bet you, even though you don't have to admit it. There are times when I can hear Diana Ross and the Supremes singing Stop in the Name of Love and You Can't Hurry Love. And how about the OJs and Love Train? The Beatles sang, All You Need Is Love. And even John Travolta did that in a funny movie. And then one song marked Elvis Presley's return in 1972. Some of you can hum right now, Burning Love. It's not in the hymnal. You don't need to look it up. And then Dionne Warwick's lovely voice singing, What the world needs now is love, sweet love. And Paul McCartney knew that there was nothing wrong with another silly love song. Love. It sells a lot of songs. People are downloading, I bet you, right now as I'm speaking to you, people are downloading from the computer songs to their their MP3 players and other things, I'm sure. Love. It makes for great music. And when you fall in love with someone where it does churn you up in the stomach 
and you can feel your heart beating when he or she is walking next to you and holding your hand. It's a good feeling, that kind of love. I'm not sure if you knew this or not. Some of you do. The Germans are very specific about when and where and to whom they say, I love you or ich liebe dich. You can only say it to your true love, your sweetheart, your wife, your husband, to mommy and daddy, mom and dad, brother and sister, others. You can say, I have love for you, or I feel love for you, but you don't say, I love you. It seems so limiting to me. But then on the other hand, I suppose most of us at one time or another have said, I love you to someone that we're not in love with at all anymore. Love can be a fleeting thing. But then, too, Americans use the word love for pretty much everything under the sun. I love you. I just love it when the weather's good. I love going to Disney World. I love baby back ribs. I love listening to George Strait. I love my new shoes. We throw that word around. Oh my goodness. It's one of our favorite words. Only four letters, but my goodness, how indispensable it is to our way of life. I love. I love. And then on certain Sunday mornings, we hear Jesus telling his disciples that the world will know they are his disciples if they have love for one another. And he didn't just mean you 12, or not actually, it was 12 by that time because Judas had been replaced by Matthias. But he wasn't just talking about them. I think he was talking to them and everyone that would follow in their footsteps. Down to us today. The world will know that we are Jesus' disciples if we have love for one another. And again, it's not the giddy, oh, I just feel so good when I'm around you sort of thing. But it's how we act. It's how we behave toward one another. We are so blessed, you know, that we are Christians, that we can follow Jesus, and through Jesus we can know the absolute heart and mind and soul of God himself, the creator, the sustainer, the heavenly Father. When I think of the world such as it is today, and it's perhaps always been, we are so fortunate to know a God of love, some of us read about the Taliban saying that now they're going to start their spring offensive and they're going to out they're out there to to kill the enemies, the infidels. A god of hate they serve, a god of vengeance, a god of destruction. There is no such god, of course, but they believe there is. But it could be us over there in Afghanistan or Pakistan or other parts of the world, even Boston even Waco, could even be places anywhere in the world where people have a misunderstanding about God and and the attribute that somehow never connects with our God is that word love. They forget that God is a God of love, not just a God of laws and rules, 
judgment, punishment. No. They forget that our God is a redeeming God, a loving God, a God that doesn't just feel good about you and me, but a God that does something about that love. And it's in the actions that the love blossoms. Well, that tells us how God feels about us. But how do we feel about God? We can't really do a whole lot to, to make God's day brighter. I mean, we can't make him scrambled eggs and sausage in the morning. We can't take him to Disneyland or Disney World. We can't do those things for God. But if we love God, then it comes out in other ways. For God's creation, and don't forget, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So as we do these things as Jesus' disciples and as believers in Jesus, we're doing it to God himself. Most of us, no matter how young or old, most of us, can think of people, maybe we know them personally or maybe we don't. Maybe they're on the opposite side of the world. People that we wouldn't cross the street to spit on their shoes. It approaches hate. And then we think as Christians, we're not supposed to hate anyone. This is coming perhaps as a bit of comfort for you. If you feel guilty about not liking someone at all, well, hate is an action the same way as love. And if there is someone that you dislike a lot and you're going to find it really, really hard to change your feelings about, what really matters is if they've done you wrong and you've felt the pain and you'd like to get back at them, but you choose not to get back at them. That's an act of love, not an act of hatred. Again, that truth comes through. It's what you do that really counts. Now, I'll bet you there are probably even people my age that could say that, oh boy, that Olivia Newton-John, I just love her. Oh, I'd sure love to know her. But she doesn't feel it at all. She doesn't know who I am. You can transfer that to someone else that you don't know. It doesn't really count the feeling because there's no connection. There's no connection. But where the connection is what you do, or what you choose not to do that will turn out to be an act of kindness, kind of like, forgive us for the things that we've done and the things that we've left undone. Sometimes the undone things are the gift of kindness too. You haven't done something mean. Love of feeling of, you know, the feelings don't count so much except how they generate it. Jesus knew that. And he knew that the impression that we leave on other people by acting in love will go a long way toward allowing them to know that God loves them and to love God in return.
How long could we talk about love? Quite a long time, I think. And any one of us could give a sermon on it, too. What love means to you. How it's blessed your life. And how you've blessed the lives of others with love. But I would like to close today by simply saying, rather than talking about love, whether it be the action or the feeling that generates the action, I would like to say this week, try to show love for someone who needs it, whether you feel like it or not. Be a blessing to someone this week. And I tell you what, Jesus' words will mean something to them and they'll haunt you as well in a good way. Yeah, people will know that you are his disciples if you have love for one another. And that's all I want to say. Kind of in the mood to sing right now, aren't you? I know Oren is. So we're going to sing a different hymn today. And Daisy's going to tell us what. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.